God is so good. God's been so good to me. Has God been good to you? Yeah, he is a good God. We go through difficulties and pain and problems, but God remains good. And he has a good plan for you. He wants the best for you more than you want the best for yourself. He created you. He knows how you work best. And he wants you to follow him with all your heart. We have a good God who's got a good word from his word for you today. Do you believe that? I know it is true. Let's thank him. Dear God, we don't thank you near enough. Seems like you do all these good things for us and all these blessings, and yet we just turn to you and say, God, we need something else, and we need this or that, but we never stop to thank you the way we should. So we just stop and thank you today for being so good. Sometimes, Lord, we can't see your goodness here on this earth with all the bad, with all the pain and the hurt and the problems we go through. But Lord, I know you remain good. And you have this good plan for us that no problem can destroy. So I pray right now over the next few minutes, you'd really speak to our hearts because you wanna bless us. Lord, you have so many good things for us, but sometimes, Lord, we block that blessing with our complaining, our unbelief, are not trusting you, and so I pray over the next few minutes you would speak to everyone within the sound of my voice and just let them know that you love them, you wanna bless them, that you know what they're going through, and just encourage them today, Lord. Encourage all of us today. We need you. We always need you, Lord, for our next breath. Help us realize how much we need you today, but how much you love us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated. We're starting this new series this weekend called The Power of Honor. And we're going to look at one of the most amazing and transforming principles in God's word. It's the very key that unlocks the blessings of God in our lives. It's a universal principle that God has established that sets in motion the miracles of God. It's the principle of honor. Honoring God and honoring others. So would you open your Bibles to Mark chapter six? Would you stand in honor of God's word and just follow along with me? Jesus left there and went to his hometown accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked? What's this wisdom that has been given him? And what are these remarkable miracles he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives, and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. You can be seated. So Jesus goes back to his hometown of Nazareth and he's teaching in the local synagogue, and the people were amazed at his teaching. How does this guy have such wisdom? His teaching is so powerful, we've never heard anyone like this man. And then someone in the crowd says, wait a minute, isn't that the Jesus who grew up here in Nazareth? Isn't that Mary and Joseph's boy? That's the kid who grew up down the street from me. All his brothers and sisters live right here. 
Jesus and my kids were at Nazareth High together. I know this guy. And then didn't he go to work for his dad's carpenter shop down the street? I think Jesus built our kitchen table. Yeah, that's the Jesus who built our kitchen table. He's nothing special. Who does he think he is? He's not from God. He's from down the street. And Jesus says, only in his hometown is a prophet without honor. Then it says he could not do any miracles there except a few small ones. They refused to honor Jesus, and it kept him from blessing them the way he wanted to bless them. Honor sets in motion the full blessings of God. But focus in on that phrase, he could not do any miracles there. It doesn't say he would not. Now, that seems more logical to me that Jesus would say, okay, I see how it is. You're not going to honor me, so I choose not to do any miracles for you there. But that's not what it says. It doesn't say he would not. It says he could not do any miracles there. That shows us that the God of the universe has set up this universal honor system for our good and his glory. And he's even placed himself within it. And that's why dishonor blocks the blessings of God. And honor unlocks the blessings of God in our lives. Look at what 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30 says. God says, but I will honor those who honor me. But I will despise those who think lightly of me. God wants to bless us. That's his heart. He wants to bless us, to be a blessing to the world, to show that he is real and he has a purpose for our lives. But when we fail to honor God, but instead honor ourselves as God by doing what we feel is best because we think that we're smarter than God, then it blocks the intended blessings that God wants to give us and it causes devastating consequences in our lives and in our relationships. Now, don't misunderstand me. We can't earn or deserve the blessings of God in our lives. It's all from God's grace. It's all a gift of his grace. But in his grace, God allows me to place myself under his authority so I'm positioned to receive the blessings that he wants to give me. You see, God created you to be in authority in this world under his authority, doing his will. And that's when the blessings come to our lives. When we honor him by being under his authority, that's when he gives us his power and strength. And so if honor is so important, and we're gonna look at how honor is so important in our relationships, it's the foundation for building lasting relationships. It's really the foundation for a society to be sustained, this thing of honor. So if it's so important, what is honor? Well, the Hebrew word for honor is kabod, and it literally means weight or heaviness. So when we honor, we give weight, importance, and value to someone. So to honor God means I give him the weight and the importance he deserves and demands in my life. On the other hand, the root of the Hebrew word for dishonor, it's the picture of a light morning mist that you can just brush away and has no weight at all. So when I dishonor God, I treat him as if I can just brush him off and not obey what he says because he's not that important, that I'm more important. See, honoring God really comes down to putting God first in every area of our life, giving him the weight and the importance that he deserves and demands that he's first place in all the areas 
of our lives. And so in this series, we're going to get really practical and look at how we can put God first in these areas. And we're going to start by learning how to honor God with our time, because time is our most precious commodity. It's more important than money because you can lose money, but you can gain it back again. But with time, once it's gone, you can never get it back again. And time is your life. If you don't honor God with your time, then you don't honor God with your life. If you don't honor God with your daily schedule, then you don't honor God with your life because time is your life. And in our schedules, when we don't give God the weight and importance he deserves, we start to put the weight and importance on ourselves. So we overload our schedules. We live overcrowded and super stressed lives because we think we're more important than God. We think, if I don't do all these things, then the world's gonna fall apart. And the weight of it all just wears us out. And I hate to burst your bubble, but you're not holding the universe together. God is. And if you dishonor God with your time, it will lead to burnout, emptiness, disconnection, and distant and broken relationships. But if you honor God with your time, it will unlock the blessings of peace of mind, productivity, effectiveness, fulfillment, and deep and rich relationships. And Jesus invites us to experience this blessing of honoring him with our time. He says something so powerful, something that speaks right to my heart today because this message is more for me than for you. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. So who is this promise for? It's for every one of us who are weary and carrying heavy burdens. It's for all of us who feel overwhelmed and weighed down by the responsibilities in our lives. So how do we practically honor God with our time so that we can experience this rest in the middle of busyness? In the middle of all the responsibilities, we can find a peace in our souls. We can know that he's carrying the heavy burdens for us How do we practically do that, honor God with our time? Well, first, tear up your to-do list and live by priorities. I want you to see, again in Matthew 11, 28, Jesus says three words that are so important, come to me. saying, bring your schedule to me and ask me to help you line up your priorities. I'll help you cut out things that aren't the most important so you can do what's most important. Tear up your to-do list and live by priorities. Kevin Cruz is a time management researcher who's interviewed over 200 billionaires, Olympic athletes, and high achievers. And he asked them to share their greatest secret for time management. And he says, none of them have ever mentioned a to-do list. Ultra-productive people don't work from a to-do list. They work from a calendar where they calendar in their priorities first. Research shows us 41% of all the things on our to-do list are never completed. Now, I am a sucker for to-do list. I've got to admit that to you that so many times I come back to that to-do list. You know, it's like, I know it's not effective, but then I just want to come back to it. 
and I'm really good at making to-do lists. I probably got some of the best to-do lists that have ever been written. I don't know about you, but man, I can spend hours making a to-do list. It's so good. Everything that I'd love to get done, you know, I can get on that to-do list. The problem is, with my ADD, I usually lose the to-do list before I get started. There'll be times, you know, I'll be looking through the door. Oh, that's a to-do list from three years ago. Wow. And I still haven't done those things. That's crazy. You see, there is a, an effect that psychologists talk about called the Zagarnik effect. And I guess a guy named Zagarnik discovered it. But the Zagarnik effect is that unfinished tasks contribute to intrusive and uncontrolled thoughts. It's true. No wonder we're so stressed out and feel completely overwhelmed by our endless to-do lists. And just imagine that you have this backpack that represents your daily schedule and you carry this backpack around with you all the time and all the items in your backpack represent all the activities, events, and meetings that you pack into your daily schedule. And I know for some of you, your backpack of daily activities is stuffed so full that things are just falling out everywhere. And some of your backpacks are so heavy that you're always just weighed down and it just wears you out. That means you've got too much in your backpack and you've gotta take some things out so you can put the right things in. See, some of you got the wrong things in your backpack because there's no room for the important things. Whenever you check your bags at the airport for an international flight, for security reasons, they always ask you something like, did you pack your own bag? Did anyone else that you don't know give you something to take with you? And really, I need to ask that question every day of my life. I need to ask that question about all the activities that I'm packing into my schedule because you need to ask, did anyone other than you pack their priorities into your backpack? Did anyone other than you pack their priorities into the backpack of your schedule? Because as you go through life, people are always trying to put their priorities into your backpack. And if you're not intentional about calendaring your priorities first, your backpack of daily activities will be filled with what everyone else thinks is important for you. Let's look again at what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11. He says, take my yoke upon you, for my yoke fits perfectly. Jesus certainly knew what he was talking about here because in Christ's day, the yokes for the oxen were made of wood. So the farmer would bring the ox to the carpenter and the carpenter would take measurements of the ox so he would know how to make that yoke. And then the carpenter would rough out and hew out that yoke made of wood and carefully adjust it to fit the ox. So the yoke was custom made by the carpenter so it would be a perfect fit. If the yoke didn't fit, it would tear into the oxen's shoulders and it would make it less effective and productive when it was trying to plow and also make it miserable And when you wear someone else's yoke of priorities, you'll be less productive and effective and miserable. And Jesus was a carpenter growing up in Nazareth, so I'm sure there were many times that he had made yokes for oxen. There were many times that farmers would bring in this rural farming community their ox to him, and then he would measure the ox, and then he would hew out, and he would carve out this yoke, custom-made, 
to fit the ox perfectly. So in this passage, Jesus is saying, I've custom made a yoke of priorities just for you. It's a yoke of custom-made priorities just for you that won't burn you out but will bless you. You'll be more productive and effective and fulfilled. Now, there's a first priority for every believer. God has these custom priorities for each one of us because we're all different. We're all in different life stages. Some of you are married. Some of you are single. Some of you have kids. And so we all have these different priorities in our careers, in our lives, in our stage of life, and God has a custom-made yoke of priorities just for you. But there's one priority that needs to be first for every Christ follower when it comes to our time, and that is spending time with God. That's the first thing you ought to calendar. You know, you ought to calendar your time with Christ. If it's most important, we should calendar it that I'm gonna spend time with Christ first thing in the morning because you wanna put God into the backpack first. You start your day by spending time with God. That's one of the video devotionals that we're doing every morning just for five minutes are so important where we take a passage of scripture and we talk about it and, and then we put it into practice in our lives and then we have the blog that has the scriptures written out. I recommend you have a little notebook and you write down some things you're learning from God's word, even if it's five or 10 minutes, and then you write down some of your prayer requests, some of the things that are coming up in your day that you pray about and then watch for God to work. Proverbs ten twenty seven says, reverence for God adds hours to each day. I love that passage because when I put God first in the morning, 10, 15 minutes before I go off into my day, you know, I just spend time with the Lord and let him speak to me, encourage me, writing down some of the things that he's teaching me and then I ask him to meet the needs that I have during the day. God expands my day somehow and I get done everything he wants me to get done. God expands my day when I honor God by putting him first in my day. He blesses me with wisdom and strength to get done what he wants me to. And I'm more effective and productive. So calendar Christ first. That may sound strange, but calendar him first every day. You know, make that recurring on your daily calendar. And then calendar your family time. This is really important because if you have a family, I mean, that, that's your next priority. So you calendar in that time. And when someone asks you to do something at that time, you just say, sorry, my calendar is filled that day. Calendar your workout time. I mean, it's really important to have that energy for the temple of God that God has given you. Um, Really, time management is energy management. And if that's really important, see, one of the things that really causes stress in our lives is we have this disconnect between our values and the way we live our lives. You know, we have a disconnect between what we say is important and what we really do. And so then when we don't do that, it means it's not really that important. And it causes this integrity gap that stresses us out. And it's because we don't calendar our priorities. We live by to-do lists. And so we say my health is important, but if we don't do anything about it, it creates this huge frustration gap. Our family's important, but when we put work over family all the time, then there's this frustration gap. We say, these are my priorities at work, but then we get distracted and we do other things. There's this frustration gap that causes so much stress, and so the goal is that the priorities you have in your life start lining up with what you're doing in your life and how you're spending your time. 
And so calendar these weekly important priorities. Calendar those priorities at your work. And never say yes to someone until you pray about it first. You can always say, let me check my calendar. And then check it with your calendar priorities and ask God if it's a priority from him. Tear up your to-do list and let God control your calendar. Jesus was the most effective and productive person who ever lived, and yet he was never in a hurry. He prioritized relationships. He couldn't do everything everyone wanted and expected from him. I mean, just think about it. I mean, there were people that he could have healed, but he didn't. It just, some of it, I don't understand. But I know this. He honored his father by doing everything he was called to do. And if you have more to do than you can do unless you neglect your relationship with God or unless you neglect your family, then you're doing things that are out of God's will. You're doing some things that God never asked you to do. You can't do everything that everyone else wants you to do, but you can do everything God asks you to do with his wisdom and power. I know that I struggle with people pleasing. I've struggled with it all my life and God has helped me more and more to overcome this by seeking to please God and love people and influence people. Because when you please people, you're not really doing the best for them. It's really more about how you feel. You're wanting them to feel good about you. And, and I hate to say no. There's so many things I want to do. It, it comes from a good heart, I think, most of the time, that I, I would love to do that. I want to do that, but I can't because I'm a human. I'm a human being, and God's only given me 24 hours a day. We all have the same amount of minutes. And so there are a lot of things that I would like to do, but I can't do. One of the most important things you could ever learn about time management is, and priorities is to say no, no, no. Oh, I'd like to do that, but no, I can't. You know, I, 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 my calendar's already filled. I can't do that. That's a really spiritual thing to be able to say no because there are a lot of things I would like to do. There are a lot of good opportunities, but there are only a few God opportunities for me because I can't skip over my family. I can't skip over this church to change the world. There are so many good opportunities that you'll See, in your life, there'll be so many good opportunities that will come your way, but there are only a very few God opportunities for you, things that only you can do that are the custom-made yoke of priorities just for you. You can't do everything that everyone else expects you to do, but you can do everything that God wants you to do. And if your schedule is so overcrowded and you're so overloaded that you're burning out, then you're not doing God's will because you're doing things that God never asked you to do. And the amazing thing is you're less productive, less effective, and you're miserable. But when you do what God has called you to do, he makes you more productive, more effective, and fulfilled. And it really comes down to trusting him, that he's holding up the universe and you're not, and that he knows what's best for you, even if it doesn't feel like it at the time. And so first, you tear up your to-do list and you calendar your priorities. But then the second thing is don't overlook a divine appointment. You calendar your priorities and you dedicate your day to God and your schedule to God, then you go off into your day or at work and inevitably interruptions start. There are times 
when you pack your backpack with your priorities, then God allows something else in your backpack and your plan is blown away. Your plan is interrupted. And it's at that point I need to remember it's God's joke, not mine. It's God's plan, it's not my plan. They are divine appointments. Don't sweat them, surrender to them. In Proverbs 16, nine, it says we can make our plans but the Lord determines our steps. So it's godly to plan, it's good to plan, you've gotta plan your priorities, but we have to let God change the plan when he wants to. But I have to learn the difference between a divine appointment and a daily distraction. Because the enemy will send 24 distractions my way a day. Things that are urgent, but they distract me from the most important. So how do you know the difference? Because every day we have these divine distractions from the enemy that are distracting us from our purpose and priorities, and it's a huge struggle, but then every once in a while there's a divine appointment that God says, I don't want you to miss it. So what do I do? How do I know the difference between a divine appointment and a daily distraction? Well, ask God for wisdom. Let's look again at Matthew 11. Jesus says, let me teach you, because I'm humble and gentle. Jesus says, I'll teach you, I'll help you, just ask me. And so I ask, Lord, is this an opportunity for me to make a difference in someone's life, or is this an opportunity to keep me from making a difference in someone's life? And if you are married, or if you have a family, then you ask, God, is this an opportunity to make a greater difference in my marriage, and in my family, in another person's life, or is this a distraction that will keep me from making a difference in my marriage, in my family, or in another person's life. And you do it in that order. When my kids were little, there were times when I'd be studying in my office at home, getting ready for a message, and then one of my kids would walk in and they would just wanna play or just talk or sometimes help me with the message. And I have to admit, I'd usually get really stressed and think, I don't have time for this interruption. I'm trying to get ready to preach to thousands. I'm doing something important. That's the way I would really feel. But then God would speak to my heart and remind me what was more important, that it was a divine interruption to take just a few minutes to connect with one of my kids. And also, I would be reminded that when I was home, I was fair game. And that's why many times I had to come up to the office to study when my kids were little because That's just what I had to do at that time, but God really would let me know. This is, and you can feel it from the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit nudging your heart, hey, don't miss this one. You're the only one who can do this appointment. Nobody else can. And I remember one time, one of my kids, when they were little, came in and it was, I was just going over the message for the last time and getting ready to come preach and and it came in and said, hey, dad, teach me how to yo-yo. I got this yo-yo, that's so exciting. I was like, man, that's the way my life feels. You know, there's a yo-yo going up and down and all over the place. And, and, and so I said, I don't really have time right now. And looking at his face, being so sad, it was like the Holy Spirit just touched my heart and said, make time. And so I stopped and we just had fun yo-yoing. And it was the most spiritual thing I could have done at that moment and in that time. And so many times I would miss or I would feel that nudge and, I would think, no, I'm doing something important, and I would miss those divine appointments. I remember one time when my youngest son, Stephen, was six or seven, 
he came into my office when I was preparing for a message and he said, Dad, what you doing? I said, well, I'm just getting ready for the message, you know, just studying, praying, and writing down. And he said, well, I'll help. I said, oh, you will. I said, that's great. How are you gonna help? He said, hmm, maybe I could come up with some messages for you. And I said, great. You know, what would be a good title of a message? And he said, let me think. How about lead strong where you belong? I thought, that's pretty good. You got any more? Because I'm desperate. (laughs) How about an illustration or two, you know? And he said, well, let me think of another one. Eternal motivation makes a better nation. That's pretty good, too. And less inflation makes a better nation. You know what I mean? That's true, too. I mean, it just kept going in my mind, you know, all these rhymes. And I loved it. And I said, well, give me another one. And he said, leading more equals less war. And I go, man, this is profound. (laughs) And I remember writing all these sermon titles down that he gave me at six years old. And I taped them up on the wall in front of my desk. And I left it up for 15 years because... It kept reminding me, lead strong where I belong. And don't skip over my family to change the world. Lead strong where you belong. Don't miss a divine opportunity and live by your priorities. But then the third and most important thing was leave your daily burdens with Christ. Leave your daily burdens with Christ. As I go through my day, I pick up more than just my priorities. I pick up burdens and stresses and failures and frustrations and hurts. And that's why I love what Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight: Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. I'm so grateful for God's mercy and grace because at the end of the day, I can bring all these worries, all these things that weigh me down, all my mess-ups, all my regrets, all my missed opportunities, everything in my backpack and bring it all to the cross and get a fresh start. And it's an amazing feeling. And that honors God. When you believe God is big enough to carry your burdens, to forgive your mistakes, it honors him. I heard about a businessman who, whenever he would come home from work, he picked out a tree in his front yard he called the worry tree. And he said that I would take all of my worries, all of the personal conflicts at work, all of the problems that were weighing me down, all the things that I didn't get done, and I would go to the worry tree right when I got home and I would just pretend I was hanging each one of those up and giving them over to God. So my mind and heart would be clear, it's in God's hands, can't do anything about it right now, and I could go in and be all there for my family. And I thought, well, that honors God. Because so many times, when my kids were little, I would come home from work, but yet I would still be at work in my mind. Still be thinking about the problems and the things I didn't get done and the stresses, and I wasn't all there even though I couldn't do anything about it anything about the worries or the stresses. And I wasn't all there for my family. It honors God when you hang up all those worries and burdens and failures and frustrations on God. Because he hung on the cross to take all those things. And then you're free to be right where you are because you can only be in one place at a time. You're not God. Be all there. See, when you realize he loves you so much that he cares about your burdens, it honors him. 
the people of Nazareth had this really negative view of themselves. There was this saying among the elites in Jerusalem that nothing good can come out of Nazareth because to the wealthy and influential people in the big city of Jerusalem, Nazareth was just an insignificant backwoods rural village. And the people living in Nazareth just believed what everybody said about them, that they were nobodies, insignificant, unimportant. And that's why they said Jesus came from here, nobody important comes from here. Who does he think he is? When the Messiah comes, it won't be from here. We're nobodies, and this guy's trying to act like a somebody. Who does he think he is? And the reason they had such a low self-image is because they had a skewed view of God. They assumed that God honors the wealthy, God honors the influential, God honors the famous, God honors the important, but no, God honors those who honor him. And they didn't realize that they mattered to God, that God loved them, that God valued them, that God wanted to bless them, and they missed the miracle. That when God came to this earth, the God of the universe who created it all, who created the earth, when he came to earth, he chose their little backwoods village to be his hometown, and they missed the miracle. And if you're not a Christ follower, you need to realize that Jesus loves you and values you so much that he wants to make his hometown in your heart. But you have to honor him by accepting him into your life as your Savior and Lord. If you're a believer, you need to realize that God wants to do so much more in your life because he loves you and he chose you before the foundations of the world were created. But you have to honor him in the important and practical areas of your life by being under his authority and obeying what he says or you'll block the blessings of God that he wants to give you because God wants to bless you. God has all these things for you that will take you to the next level. There are blessings that money can never buy. And then there are provision here on this earth that will get you by, that will make a difference. And you'll see that God cares about the daily details of your life. And we're gonna look at all these practical areas over the next few weeks and how to put God first in your relationships and to honor others which honors God. This power of honor is crucial because God set it up as this universal principle that you can count on. And when we honor God, he honors us. Doesn't matter how wealthy you are, how important everyone else sees you, how influential you are, nope. God honors those who honor him. I want us to bow together. And if you've never received Christ and honored him by admitting that you need him, you can do that right now. I just invite you to pray this prayer. Repeat it after me. Just mean it in your heart. And I want everyone to repeat this prayer after me so that those who've never received Christ would be comfortable to pray this prayer out loud. So let's all repeat this prayer out loud. And for those of you who don't know Jesus, just mean it in your heart to accept him so he'll make his hometown in your heart. And he will guide you. And he will bless you and strengthen you with everything you need. Just pray this prayer to him as if you're the only one in this place. Let's all pray it together. Just repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for creating me. But I admit I've sinned. I've tried to do life myself. 
I've gone my own way, but I realize I need you. So I ask you to make your hometown in my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of all my sins. And I want you to be the director of my life. Help me honor you and help me grow in my faith. If you pray to receive Christ, everybody just keep your head bowed right now. If you pray to receive Christ, he's in your life, but I want you to raise your hand while everyone's head is bowed and no one's looking. Just raise your hand. There's something about saying, yes, this is the day. Just raise your hand. Yeah, I see those hands. I see all those hands. That's awesome. Raise your hand. It's not too late. Just raise your hand and just, I receive Jesus. That's awesome. And let's keep our heads bowed. Lord, I want to pray for every one of us who are Christ followers, all these new believers just now, that you would help us, Lord, honor you in the important areas of our lives. Lord, we get so distracted by things that seem so important, but they're not. And I just pray that you would help us surrender our time to you. Lord, we just give you our time and we ask you to help us do all the things you call us to do. Not all the things that we feel like doing or all the things that seem important, but all the things you call us to do. Lord, and you came enjoying life you celebrated life. You enjoyed each moment, and yet, Lord, you did hard things that I can't even imagine because you did them to please your Father. Help us, Lord, do those hard things you're calling us to do. Help us, Lord, live by our priorities and not by the pressures. Lord, we surrender our time to you and just honor you with our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand? Woodlands Church, God has a good plan for you this week. I'll tell you what's gonna happen. Tomorrow morning, you're going to spend time with God. 10 minutes, right? Just 10 minutes before you go off into your day. Do the daily devotional. You can go to the website, wc.org, and all of our platforms in just five minutes. And then you can read the blog devotional and write down some things you're learning and go off in your day. And so you're gonna start your day that way, and then guess what's gonna happen? It's going to get crazy. It's going to get crazy, and you're going to forget about God, and you're going to get stressed, and you're going to get worried, and you're going to have some failures along the way, but you know what? God is big enough to handle all those burdens, and you come right back to him, okay? That's what you need to do. Hey, our fall festival is next weekend, before and after every service. Invite uh, all your friends, it's gonna be amazing. We're gonna continue the honor series and I just really encourage you to bring friends because we've got candy and games and fun for all the kids and they can wear costumes and it's just gonna be a blast. And so church should be the most enjoyable time of your week, also the most challenging and life-changing. Hey, I am so grateful that Shaloxel Johansson and Vivian, his wife, have been here over the last several weeks doing amazing work like they always do. Shaloxel is the dean of our Woodland Seminary that God is blessing and raising up the next generation. He's been teaching an amazing master class, our first night class at the seminary, master class that's open to everyone in the church, and we've had this great group learning how to have a biblical worldview. It's been amazing, and so, yeah, thank God for these guys. And Shaloxel and Vivian are going uh, back to Sweden on Saturday, and uh, then, Lord willing, they'll be back with us 
in the spring as they split their time between Sweden and the Woodlands, making such an impact for Woodlands Seminary. So just thank God for these guys and commit to pray for them. <laughs> Woodlands Church, I want us to pray this back and say this back to Shiloxel and Vivian as they go back and God has done a healing work and Shiloxel's life because God knew that we needed him desperately. He had mercy on us when he healed Shiloxel. So, but let's pray for that continued mercy and grace and blessing. So would you pray this, read this to these guys and bless them. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, be blessed. Shiloxel and Vivian, we love you. Bless you. Love you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. And now we're going to sing that blessing. And as Shell said, pray this over your kids. Pray that. Put this up somewhere. Put it in your wallet and pray this over the people in your life. Speak this over them, this blessing. God says, I promise to bless. And so do that for God's glory. But let's sing that blessing. Whenever we sing this, I think about you, Woodland Church. And I'm praying this over you and singing this over you for God to bless you for a thousand generations, for his glory and his kingdom, and your good. Let's sing this with all our heart. Hey church, thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.